You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and I'm very excited this episode. We have Nikki Lynette. Um, uh, Nikki is somebody who I discovered through uh, a play that she's actually promoting right now called uh, Get Out Alive. And I'm certainly going to allow her to speak to that, but about her um, experience as an artist and advocacy uh, and, and experience within um, her life with um, mental illness. But uh, incredible artist. Uh, thank you, Nikki Lynette, for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been long overdue. <laughs> uh, Nikki, I've um, uh, I, I've enjoyed the art that that you create. Um, but prior to getting into you know what you're doing now and what you've done uh, musically and otherwise, what were you like uh, when you were younger? I mean, were you a creative type? Were you around creative types? Were you writing? Were you singing? What were you doing? I did not have a very fun upbringing. I wanted to do like little kids theater and like painting classes and that kind of stuff. But my family, we were going through some stuff. My father was uh, a substance abuser. He, when he passed away, like when my father, he ended up being like clean and sober for like 15 years. But like during the time before he got clean and sober, things weren't so stable. Um, so yeah, I didn't really rough. get the opportunity to do that kind of stuff when I was little. So I became an autodidact. Like I taught myself how to sew, how to make clothes, how to paint, how to draw, how to rap, how to sing. <laughs> because when you're in the house or you're moving from place to place, you kind of have to entertain yourself. And so that's what I did. Yeah. And so you kind of you kind of picked up everything and, and, and did it on your own. Um what um so in in chatting about your art i was i was pleased i mean i think a lot of people might encounter um your work uh you know through your music i had seen that you also um paint as well and of course you know as as an artist you know dancing and and and, and writing do you do you could you talk about you know um the type of art uh that you create and you know what that's like for you and what it does for you I call it social impact art, right? Because everything I do is informed by mental health. So you aren't really going to see anything from me that's not about that purpose. That's where I create from. And uh, so whether it's a drawing or a painting or music or my play, everything is informed by the fact that I'm living with a mental illness and thriving with it, I would say. Um yeah, that's, it's why I create. And it's, it's, it's why I even get out of the bed every day. It what It's what inspires me to create. I'm really glad that I'm in an era where being a social impact artist is even an option that's available to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like your description of that. Um, can we, can you tell me, can you, can you give me your impressions about hip hop and, and what you're trying to do and the issues you're talking about? Um, mental illness and, and otherwise is is it uh is it a good place to talk about it or is it a difficult place to talk about it at this point like 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 i live with it you know what i mean like i i have ptsd so it is a reality of my life every day so talking about it for me is not painful because it's my reality 
You know what I mean? So talking about it is relatively easy. It's not triggering because of the fact that this is like whether I talk about it or not, I'm still going to have moments where I have flashbacks. I'm still going to have sleep disturbances, like until I just no longer have PTSD. Right. And so I'm doing the work to heal and doing the work to get better. And that's the best that I can do. And my best has to be good enough. Yeah. So that's where I'm at about it. Yeah, I um, yeah, as as I mentioned at the beginning, I'd um, encountered you know um, uh, you and and in, in your play, and I'd uh, been listening to your music uh, prior to that, and I know like you know the role of the pandemic in building up to um you know uh, the play, uh, it, it, I know it was a successful start uh, for Get Out Alive uh, in Chicago. And um, and then the pandem- pandemic played into it, and now it's taken its form, um, uh, you know, online. Can you talk about the, the, you know, the your your relationship and your creation of this, running into and with the pandemic, what happened in the world, and now it's uh, wonderful for me. Looking forward to it. Wonderful reappearance uh, for everybody in January 2021. Get out alive. Hi. Um. Yeah. I think okay. I'm sorry. Can I, I don't know if I understood the question. Yeah, just as far as like your um the the journey in creating oh. uh the journey like in creating like you, you had it. It was a popular uh starting to get some attention. It opened in Chicago, and then the pandemic hit, and then you know how we arrived now in January that the um it's gonna you know you'll be able to watch it online. Just your relationship and journey with that. Got it. Um, when we debuted it at Steppenwolf, it sold out the entire run. And then we had to add an extra day and that one sold out too. And like people were coming to see it and they got press and we were about to open in really another big theater in Chicago for an extended run. And then COVID happened. Fortunately for me, the subject matter of the play and the cultural relevancy of it it's still a thing right now. Like we could still do it and it still matters because, you know, there are a lot of things that after COVID came, it ain't matter no more. You know what I'm saying? The world has changed so much. And fortunately for me, because it is a musical about depression and because, you know, we're kind of in the middle of a mental health crisis right now. It ended up being that my play is something that people are excited about. I'm very, very, very fortunate. And we decided to do it. I don't think that we really thought it would be like a big production, how we ended up doing it. I think that we just had, like, we'll record the play. We'll film it. We'll put it out. But, like, now it's like a whole production. (laughs) It's a whole thing. And I'm excited. I love it. We got about 20 people working on this project right now. And, like, I'm not no sign artist. Like, I'm independent. So the fact that... We have this much excitement. We're getting this much press. It's had this much visibility. It's just, I'm mad excited. I'm always just so excited. You know, humble. It's humbling. Yeah, it's been it's been wonderful to see and kind of uh, connect to, to your energy around it. And, you know, it comes off, you know, as that kind of like personally so deeply important and as part of yourself uh, that you're sharing. And it was um, it was exciting to watch, um, you know, the, the, the parts that you've put out uh, around it. And um, I wanted to chat with you a bit about um, about 
uh, you know, being an independent uh, hip hop uh, artist and um, in, in, in being uh, in Chicago, I was wondering, you know, how long um, you've been you've been uh, doing uh, hip hop and if there's something within like your development as an independent artist that you've been able to give maybe more freedom. Uh, do you, have you felt more freedom in being an independent artist uh, in hip hop? I don't think that I could have been a social impact artist if I wasn't independent. Because initially, when I first started doing this, there wasn't no money, wasn't a whole bunch of attention, wasn't no whole bunch of press. Like, I didn't get the acknowledgement that I'm getting right now. You know, especially like in Chicago, I help open doors for this conversation, particularly within like the urban community, because I was talking about it, making events about it and putting myself out there to get press about it before other people in my community were. And um, it's one of the things that I'm proudest about in my life. And as an independent artist, like even the fact that the tickets can be affordable, right? Because I don't have some huge overhead, like I'm independent, so we can set the prices for how much we want the tickets to be so people can afford it. So they only, you know, like I can I can offer tickets for $15 or 20 you know what I'm saying, or $18 instead of having to mark it up to like 25 or 30 just just so we can see a profit because somebody else is taking a cut. You know, like yeah, we get to yeah. do things our own way and, and we get to do things. Our whole thing is being an ethical production and... I ain't never did nothing like that. But we I figure like if we are in charge and it's our thing, then we get to make the rules. So if we get to decide that we're gonna be an ethical production and then we get to decide what that looks like. And I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad we did that. Because I'm glad glad it came about. Glad yeah, it came you know, about that the that way. What is the what is the date that it debuts, just so we don't miss that detail? January thirtieth. January 30th. I got my tickets and uh, uh, get out alive. Very much looking forward to that. Um, Nikki, I have a big question I always ask in the podcast to try to do um, uh, philosophy, art and philosophy, philosophy of art. Um, do you have a theory of art? The question specifically is what is art according to you? That's a good question. I think there's so many different things. I used to have very stringent rules about what is considered art. I used to really hate certain types of art because I did not understand how it was art, you know? But your creative output, what you make, and the intention behind it, to me, is what art is about. Like, my biggest thing when I create, I believe strongly and this is not my philosophy. I got it from somewhere. I don't know who I got it from. <laughs> but I believe that what you make at the time and place in which you create it is influenced by the time and place you create it. Like, I'm going to edit, you know, work on edits of my play right now today. And that would turn out different than if I worked on it tomorrow or a week from now. I do think that where you are at in that moment determines what comes out in the creative process. And... That's why I think it might be important for creatives to always be creating because then you get that diversity of thought, diversity of moment, diversity of inspiration. And maybe the best artists are the people who know that and benefit from it. Yeah. Uh, thank And thanks for your thoughts on that. I, um, you know, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you too, 
um, is a question that's kind of come up in recent episode. I spoke with uh, Ben Westhoff, who did um, a history of um, it was West West Coast uh, hip hop uh, in 1990s, but it was about there's a discussion around the role of of, of hip hop, right? Um, you know, I think a lot of people have opinions about like it needs to be part of um, you know part of a social movement or needs to be making a statement and. You know, others saying it's, you know, hip hop is is hip hop for you. And I'm going to talk uh, uh, either for you about either hip hop or art in general. What do you think the role is of what you create as kind of disrupting? uh, Is is, is it reinforcing or or disrupting uh, the culture as a whole? And what do you think it should do? What I do or what art should do? What, what you do. when oh, what, you what I do is definitely disruption. Like as a black woman, as a suicide survivor, as a mental health advocate, uh, as an alternative black woman, everything I do is disruptive. Everything I do is other. It's just the difference between me and most people is that you will give me what belongs to me. You will give me my access. I can't be denied. I'm talented. This is all I do. All I am is talent. I'm a multi-hyphenate autodidact. Like, proud of that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, you're yeah. going to give me what's mine. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. Yeah. So everything that I do is from a um, place of this is what it is. I am not asking for permission to be included. I'm telling you that this is part of the narrative, and you will have to deal with the fact that there is space for me. I don't need you to create space for me. I don't need you to hold space for me. I create that space. And when we look at the narrative and we look at the paradigm, just understand that I have a place in it. So, yeah, mine is disruption for sure. I am definitely disruptive. And I think that, you know, this cause, mental health, mental wellness, it deserves disruption. That's what my TED Talk was about, like disrupting the way that we look and talk and think about mental health. Because the way that we're doing it is so wrong. I think we need to rebrand it. Mental health needs an image change because as of right now, it's so clinical and so heavy when we talk about it, it's like, oh my God, mental health. It's like sad. But yo, mental health is also learning how to control your anxiety. Mental health is also standing up for your boundaries. Mental health is also having confidence and self-esteem. There's so many positive things about mental health. But we tend to really only think about mental illness or the parts of it that are scary and bad. And that's, we got to change that. We got to shift that. We got to shake that up. Yeah. And I, I, I want to tell you, you know, just in general... Because um, I think it's important to p- just point out how it's uh, you know the risk that you take in doing that as as an artist, and I know what you're saying is is you know an expression of yourself, but um, you know I think it's really true that it it does help others recognize, and in the language that you use in being direct about it, I think can help everybody, and um, you know whether it's through song and and again looking forward to um, seeing your production you know, getting that message out there that we can talk about this, that there's some language tools for it. And I know you've been a spokesperson for, um, I believe it's NAMI, right? Yeah. For, yeah, and, and done some some work, uh, you know, to help promote in the, the language around around that. Could Actually, could you just mention the role that you played w- with uh, NAMI as far as, you know, the, out- the outreach you've done? I am a lived experience speaker. So basically... I talk to people about the things that I'm going, that I have lived through and how I live and, um, you know, my experience. Because NAMI believes that 
like, yeah, the numbers are important, the statistics are important, those details are important. But what helps tie it all to con- together and help people connect with it is seeing a real person who lived through it and and understand how this information pertains to their life and their lived experience. So I talk about my experience and my perspective and what helps me. And I love doing it. I love it so much because all of it is really just talk until we know somebody that lived that experience, right? Like all of it is just talk until we can apply it to a real person. And that's what I do. I'm the real person. <laughs> yeah. And, and thank you for your work on that. Uh, Nikki, I, 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 I do love to talk about hip hop. I think you can learn a lot about people when they answer the question, uh, who, who, who are their, their big influences in hip hop? Who, who are your uh, influences? Who, who do you go to in hip hop and uh, hip hop history? My early influences were like Nas, Tupac, Lauryn Hill, The Roots, Farsight, um, Missy. Yeah. Um, Bahamadia. I don't know how many of y'all remember her. Yeah. I like old school. Um, and then my recent influences are people like Kendrick, YBN Corday, um, I really listen to a lot of Kendrick and YB and Corday. Toby I love and Igwe. Kendrick. I love yeah, Kendrick. I love him. Toby and Igwe. Toby Lou, who's from here, Chicago. Um, I like them because they are so good at interjecting who they are into their music without feeling the pressure to adhere to what's popular right now. And they've still found a way to thrive and be successful in it. Uh, thank you so so much for that. I'm uh, I'm a li- I, I listened I've listened for for quite some time. I'm uh, 48, so I'm sometimes it's it's really strong influence of uh, old school like Public Enemy and uh, Ghetto Boys and Run DMC, and I love Nas. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's um it's it's been great to have some some kind of hip hop conversations on on the show. And Nikki, I gotta tell you, I don't know if you knew this. I used to break dance as well. So I was the oh, white wow. boy break dancer. Yeah. So that going going that that far back. Um uh, uh, Nikki, um uh another big question, just a couple more. Um, what or who made you who you are? My mama. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like that woman. And Lord knows. Like, when I was younger, I didn't want to be. But, ooh, am I grateful now? There's so many things about her that I understand now that I'm an adult. And it makes so much sense. And I'm so glad that I got so many traits from her. So many things about her living me. From her work ethic to how much her life just revolved around her work. To even like the way that she dated, like and, and the type of people she was attracted to. Like I am becoming my mom. And it is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. That is such a a, a lovely answer. And and, and it sounds a, a tiny bit conflicted, but you're giggling as you're going through it. So it's, it's kind of like you know it. <laughs> because we were so different. Like I'm a I, like I grew up a tomboy and I'm alternative. I got dredged down to my thighs, like and my mom just was not that type of woman. Very, very prim, proper, femme. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. Like we are yeah. so similar in so many ways, and 
I'm very happy for that. I'm so happy. The things about her that are just amazing. My mom has managed to teach it and instill it in me. So I'm very fortunate. I didn't realize that at the time, though, but I know now. And I'll say it for you. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, right? Thank you, Mama. All right. So um, uh, the 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 big the big question, Nikki, uh, why is there something rather than nothing? Hmm. Why is there something rather than nothing? Because even if there was nothing, you just have a whole lot of space to create from. There's always going to be something in it. Yeah. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah, that's the... That's that's the that's the tough one. And um, there was a, a, another Chicago guest. I, I'm, I'm never going to I haven't said this before, but I, I just love this uh, answer. A Avery Young. Avery. And he says it's something rather than nothing because it's, it's it's got the thump. It's got the thump. That's all he had. So I got the, it's got the thump. So I'm like, all right. I've been studying this one for a while. That's going to be good. No, thank you. Um yeah, Nikki. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for your answer. Um, Nikki Lynette, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the folks about, you know, your hip hop and, and, and your paint and you got your play coming out. I want to I want you to tell the listeners something rather than nothing about where to find you, where to get the tickets, what the dates are, that type of thing. Can you let us know? Yeah, my site that I am doing my play on and where the tickets are available is igetoutalive.com. Igetoutalive.com. Because it's not just a movie, it's a movement. And um, the tickets are cheap. I'm very proud of the fact that we don't have to tax nobody real bad. You know what I'm saying? For them to be able to afford tickets to see it. We yeah. worked real hard to keep it that way. Um, yeah, buy tickets and support. And I'm available online. Like, I always reply if people hit me up. If I see it, I'm replying to it. That's just how I am, personally. Um, and I can be found at Nikki Lynette. Just everywhere. At Nikki Lynette. N-I-K-K-I-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. Yeah. And again, um, thank you for your time, Nikki. I, 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 you know, like I said, I personally enjoy um, your art, um, your style, your courage. Um, and I just want to make sure I thank you for doing what you're doing and for taking the time, you know, on, on, on the podcast. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been a great pleasure. I very much looking forward to, um, uh, the performance, uh, in, in January. And I honestly looking forward to all the art that you put out. So Nikki Lynette, I wanted to thank you so much. Thank you for having me anytime. All right. Have a great day and talk to you soon. Don't be telling me what to say, man. Don't be telling me how to act. If what you say ain't made you great, then how you expect me to honor that? Everybody's so plain, everybody's so same. Everybody stand out the exact same way. We don't fit in. We got thick skin. Cats been bad since we was kids. I'ma be the future that the streets don't have. So feed the beast. I'll cream your ass. Watch the clock. Times on my side like a mom with a chick and my pops with a top. Been badass since my first tooth. And I don't need nobody love or proof. And that's the truth. When you think that way, you know what they say. They say I'm ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my mom, I didn't write. Told my mama, my 
everybody don't. I'm not a fan, but I'm a gambling man. I'll risk it all for the cards in my hand. Whether be this or the role you playing, cause you putting on a show. I'm showing who I am. And that's the trope. And I don't need no approval from you. But you already know. When you think that way, what they gonna say? They say I'm Yeah. 